Thank you for listening to a Gem of a Secret podcast. As we get ready for our new season with packed full of interviews and a lot of different drag but effery that me and Donatella are going to come up with, um, we are going to play another episode of my limited series with Touche Duche, Cooking Up a Queen. Um, please keep in touch with us with what we're doing. You can find us at a gem of a secret podcast.com. That is a J E M of a secret podcast.com. Remember this limited series that me and touche douche did is called cooking up a queen. And it's about your first few weeks out in drag. And like it's a couple of weeks in and like notoriety and drama and all that other good stuff in between. So make sure to listen in and tell us what you think. Bye. Hello, and welcome to Cooking Up a Queen, a beginner's guide to the flagrant and fanciful world of queer nightlife. Hosted by finalist of Camp One and Kiki Season 2, Coco Jim Holiday, and the Madonna of your masturbatory fantasies, Touche Douche. Now without further ado, here are your hosts. Enjoy the show. Like it was already said, this is Coco Jim Holiday. And this is Touche Douche. I think it's funny how you say it exactly how Valerie DeVille said your name during Last Laugh. (laughs) Well, I mean, I am not a funny person, so when people are able to make some sort of humor relating to me, I latch onto it like it's a nipple full of milk. Oh, good heavens. (laughs) (laughs) Or a dick full of milk. I mean, it depends on what your preference is. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, so welcome everybody to Cooking Up a Queen. Cooking Up a Queen. Is, is that our intro music now? Well, I'm just, I'm reverb, like repeating because we're affirming that this is the right place for people to be. Yes. You know, welcome. like what churches do all the time where they say, welcome to insert name of the church. Here at insert name of the church, we'll be doing this today at this church, which is inserted name here in this place at this church in certain name. Welcome to our ASMR video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read words from the dictionary. Coffee. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about your um your first day jitters, your first time out in drag jitters. Or first yes. show experience jitters. Yeah, so like the first time you had the uh, resemblance of professionalism, and so I was like, look, you could be entertaining. Come do my show. And this is kind of how to navigate that. Coco, as we've reiterated many times and will continue to do so, you've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first gig like? Um, yeah, so I actually just celebrated a drag birthday a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, I think she's actually, I think she's seven or eight. I think she's eight. I think she's eight at this point. Yeah. Um, just to clarify, folks, with drag birthdays, they kind of work in increments of eight. So when you get to beyond five years in, it means you're past 25. So you really don't remember how old you are. Truth. And it, they're hard to remember. Yeah. Um, so my first show um, that I performed in was actually, um, it was actually at the biggest theater in Grand Junction, Colorado that we had at the time. And um, yeah, I actually don't know how I got the gig i don't remember that part actually i just remember i'd been wanting to try it Uh and i oh i worked with a a king in town who had been performing for a while to ask him if i could do a number 
And he said yes. And back in those days, we brought our music on CDs, um, which is just abysmal. Gosh, that was so awful. Um, And so you just had your tracks on it and whatever. And so I performed um, Bust Your Windows, um, the Glee version, and I performed When I Grow Up by the Pussycat Dolls. Those were my first two songs I ever performed to. And I remember um, I bought these... So I only had one wig back uh-huh. in the day. I did. I only had one wig. And people were very, um, I don't know, people were very um, interesting about it. Like, they didn't like the one wig that I had, which was so, which was so sad. But anyway, um, so my first show, so I remember, uh, per, when I remember it was show day, because we had a rehearsal, actually. But I remember on show day, because um, this was a big event. Uh-huh. I remember on show day that nothing quite went right the way I wanted it to. So my pinky toe, this is the thing I remember. My pinky toe popped out of my heels. And I don't actually wear heels that high anymore because hashtag I'm fat and old. But um, I remember my pinky toe kind of slipped out and it just made it so hard to dance and move. Yeah, that will, that'll do it. Especially because the pinky is the equivalent of your elbow when you pop it. Like when you hit the corner of your elbow, that's like the equivalent, but on your foot. Yeah. And I had, I had such cute shoes. I had two pairs of these cute shoes that I just loved to death. And um, I remember I couldn't walk in them for very long, but I could dance in them. Um, so it, I don't know. It was a, it was a really cool experience. I loved all the people screaming. I like, I didn't grab any, I was so bad about grabbing money. Uh-huh. I didn't know, I don't know, that just felt weird and awful. And then the dressing room situation was a mess and a half, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But right. Tisha, what was your first show experience like? Oh my goodness. My first show, I drove two and a half hours away. Um, I currently live in Portland, Oregon. And when I had an individual approach me about having me come do a tip spot for their show, I was like, oh my God, yes, that'd be amazing. And they said, okay, it's in Eugene. And I'm like, Oh, and Eugene, for those who don't know, is about two and a half hours south of Portland. Um, so not only did I get up in drag, like super early, like by, you know, two or three in the afternoon, I then was stupid enough to put a corset on and drive two and a half hours to Eugene because I didn't know I could put it on when I got there. So that was the journey to my first show. And then upon arriving, um, I was doing a fundraising event for the court system down in that area. Um, I met some lovely people, uh, some people I still talk with and have some fun, you know, kikiing with every now and again. But I made the mistake of performing Rihanna for one of my first songs. Specifically, I did Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna for my very first number. Oh, honey. It was very bad. (laughs) Um, Because I looked like... um, a, like a coin slot cross dresser where they could just pop in a quarter and, you know, have a good fun, like five minute ride. Um, and then on top of it, I don't move well still. So imagine how I moved when I had never walked in heels before. Like it was like someone doing the robot, but the robot was dying. Dang. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was very sad. And then, but then I had a really artistic number for my second one. I did Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. That one was okay. However, I, when there's the song break and Girls Just Want to Have Fun, because there's like a fun break with like synth pops because Cindy Lauper invented modern music. 
um, I pulled out bubbles and I blew bubbles for a good 30 seconds straight in the middle of a song in a crowded gaming bar that shouldn't have had drag queens in the first place. Wow. Yeah, I made a lot of choices that day. There were a lot of decisions that were made. Um, I wouldn't say that they were good. The first bad decision in the entire sequence was agreeing to this gig. However, uh, it launched me to meeting some interesting people and uh, here we are now. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. And also the basement that we were in, like I was too tall for the basement without heels on. So like I was literally crawling on like my hands and knees just to get downstairs in the changing room. Wow. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah, I realized that most dressing rooms, so um, I do want to talk about the dressing room before we go to our first break. The the dressing, dressing room situation is really interesting. So I know that we're going to have a bunch of new artists asking us questions or wanting to know about what this experience is like. And especially for those of you who have social anxiety. So like when you get to the, so try to actually ask the show organizer, you know, where to go when you get there. Like, where do I go? Who do I check in with? And blah, 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 blah. This is also really challenging. And this still gets me to today is that sometimes when you show up, they'll just, the show producer usually just says, oh, just find me. The show producer will inevitably and almost always be late. Right. Like, so you're going to show up to the venue early because you're new and you don't, you want to set a good impression because nobody knows who you are. Uh And then you get there and then like the, the server at the bar, because it's a bar restaurant, they're going to be like, oh, I'm here for the show. And they're like, what show? And then you start panicking. And then you're like, so then you're sitting in your car messaging the group, waiting for another drag artist to walk by that you could just follow them into the venue. And inevitably, Um, as the new person, you almost always show up 45 minutes early. Don't do that. Yeah, you don't need to show up super early. Try to show up by call, like five minutes before call time, obviously, for professionalism. So if it's at 8.30, obviously try to show up at like 8.20, 25. That'll help you out a lot. And then most of the time... Actually, not most. It's like a 50-50 chance that the bar staff know that the event is happening. Because remember, these people are just at work. Right. Yeah. And a lot of of these times, these uh, producers who are working with the venue, they're talking specifically because they're friends with the owner or they're friends with the manager. So they say, oh, yeah, come use the space. It's totally fine. But they don't always fill in their employees. So sometimes the venue doesn't even advertise that there's an event taking place. It's just sort of, you can use the space kind of a situation. Yeah, and, and another thing to keep in mind is try to figure out if you are going to drive yourself or go with a friend, just make sure to figure out the parking and the safetyness of the area because you in like dressed as um, a boy in a dress or, you know, dressed up in a costume that makes you an easy target for hate crime, make uh-huh. sure to bring a friend with you. Like yeah. that's kind of a thing. And one thing to recognize is just try to figure out where you're supposed to park at so you don't get a ticket. Um, I've only done one gig where my car got Toad. It got towed. Oh, it got towed. Oh my god. Yeah, I did. That was so stupid. And I went. I was like, "Wow, this parking lot's like completely empty. That's crazy." And then I like parked there, towed. Um, Yeah, it was awful. So that was a three hundred and forty dollar weekend. That was fun. That is ridiculous. Um, Yeah. So so there's that. And then also, so when you get there, try to take up as little space as possible. Um, This is this is a funny thing because Touche actually drives me crazy about this. (laughs) Touche tends to spread out with all her custom wigs and all her custom drag to like ten stations, and you're just like, take it back, girl. (laughs) Like. 
Comment to, down. To be fair, I live by the philosophy, um, first come, first serve. So I know I have a lot of shit. And I'm like, I'm going to need some space. So I'm usually the person who's there and I actually get ready at most of the venues I go to. And like, no one else is here. I'll just spread out a little bit. And then as they come, if you're someone that I, you know, respect or we don't have problems, I'm like, oh yeah, come use part of my space. I'll move some of my things. You'll be fine. That way I can control the environment a little bit because I'm, again, as we said before, a narcissist has a need to be seen. So even if it means I manipulate the people around me to be able to actually have them in my space, I will do that because I have yeah. problems. Oh, heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lots of problems. So my thing is when I get to the gig, um, I try to, I actually accidentally always spread out because as a bigger person, I do get tired going up and down stairs because most venues are up and down stairs. Right. Really in Portland. Actually, let me see. Some of the, so with CC Slaughter's, even local lounge and uh, even Darcell's, uh, it's like downstairs. Yeah, and also like, um, I mean, Crush has stairs, uh, which had, Vlad Tap House had these stairs just randomly in the building for no reason. Mm. Oh yeah, um, they have stairs too. So like, yeah. it, it's one of those things of where I start spreading out because I start panicking, mm. um, like where I'm like pulling things out of my bag and I know that a lot of drag entertainers will say, bring only what you need. I think that that's a good call, except for what usually ends up happening is you have this whole concept prepared and things like that. I bring, I tend to bring at least two backup concepts because what will happen is like you pull something out of your bag um, and for some reason it's now broken or right. it's ripped or something. And it's just, it's complete. Or like you're unzipping your suitcase and it catches onto some fabric and you can't get it loose. So you pull it and then now you have a hole in your stretch fabric or something, right. um, you know, or a thing that tends to always happen to me is that my zippers will get stuck on my fishnets as I'm walking through a venue. Mm -hmm. um, like, cause you're carrying your suitcase and it'll catch onto your fishnets and then it'll rip a hole in your fishnets. Um, you know, stuff like that if you can't fix it or have a friend to help you with it. So my thing is I try to just bring a couple backup outfits, but then what happens is things get buried, like your shoes, your jewelry, and all that other good stuff. Uh -huh. And so I spread, end up spreading out more than I need to. Um, and so I try to be contained in my space, but I also try to choose a space that can spread. Most bar venues will have like a space that's not ideal for a bunch of people like a back room or a basement is very common but if they don't have any of those um in the event of one very predominant show they put us literally in their storage room with like maybe nine square feet <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little bit of a mess and so um for any of the new entertainers who are listening to this try to take up as little space as possible really only pack what you need um maybe one backup outfit and of yeah. course, the one thing I want to mention right before we take this break here is that you should always bring a walk-in. I know that people say, people have their ideas on walk-ins, but walk-ins show professionalism to certain show producers. You should really figure out what their flavor is like. Um, because most, most of the time, the bar is paying you, the bar is paying the show producer to bring in people and have a good time. Yeah. That means you're walking around, you're talking with patrons, you're buying drinks, you're making it the life of the party so people want to come back. Exactly. And if you're just hiding out in the dressing room, kicking it up with the other entertainers, yes, and I know some people have social anxiety, but that's kind of why we're there. We're there to not just showcase our art. We're there to showcase our art and provide entertainment for bar patrons. Exactly. And I mean, that's, I think, a struggle with a lot of people because some people do use 
drag as their avenue to express and need to be extroverted. So beyond them being on stage, they, they don't think there's anything else they need to do. But just like Coco said, the point of most drag shows is actually to create a fun environment, not necessarily just um, you on stage for your three minute number. Yeah. So I think that'll take us into our first break. We'll be back in a moment after the messages. And we're back, everybody. Hi. Welcome. So in this portion of the podcast, we're going to talk about some do's and don'ts of things we see and observe in dressing rooms and what we'd prefer to do instead. Yeah, so one thing that I noticed is, remember when we're backstage, um, nobody is greater or lesser than anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, divas backstage are usually seen as people who are not well-liked or fun to be around. Yeah. And the thing about dressing rooms is that is kind of your true personality, not necessarily your character. Mm-hmm. Because what will happen is, like, it's really hard to be on in front of the guests and on in the dress room. Sometimes you need a break, um, you know, from trying to portray this character, especially if you're new to drag. And so it's okay to be quiet in a dressing room, but it's okay to also let people know that. Like just being like, oh yeah, like it's really hard for me to like be on um, upstairs. Um, So I'm just kind of keeping to myself down here and I'm nervous and I'm shy and I'm sorry, but you know, that's just who I am. And you know, it's okay to let people know that. It's okay to share yourself with people because we're all just trying to have like a good show and, and stuff like that. And you need to do what you need to do to make it, you know, okay for you. Exactly right. Um, like, there's two types of people when you're a new person who goes into a dressing room. There's the person who's quiet, they're reserved, they stay to themselves, they don't really interact with anybody because they're very uncomfortable and nervous and they're trying to explore something about themselves. Mm-hmm. Or you have the exact opposite. They are rambunctious, they are loud, they are taking up the space, they are peeking and they're, oh, sisterly reading and all these things. And it's like very obnoxious to the point where this is someone you don't want to engage with. Um, this happens a lot with like brand new entertainers or a lot younger entertainers. Uh, there was an instance I can think of um, with a show I was invited to do um, with a mix of people I didn't know. There's a few people I did, but a lot of them were people I'd never met before. Um, and this was a mixed age show. So there was, um, it was an 18 plus venue. So anyone really could perform as long as they were 18 or older. Um, there was a specific entertainer that came in. I don't know their names because I've never seen them before. I met them. Uh, and they were just really rude and making snide observations and kind of coming for people and being very crass. Uh, like you would see um, certain people who behave on television shows act um, and it was very off-putting. This is someone, if I ever meet them again, I don't know if I'd book them, just because they were so, you know, like inappropriate in the back room. And it was not good for their image at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, so a couple of things is, I guess, don't don't act all big and mighty. Uh-huh. And don't be rude to people. You don't know these people, so be right. kind. Be exactly. considerate and be sweet. Um, these things are really helpful just in general. Right. Um, so... One of the things I do want to mention about that is, um, so when you go into the venue for the first time, obviously, if it's a 21 and up venue, which most of them are, make sure to have your ID out and ready. Don't be upset with the bouncer because they're doing their job and asking for your ID. Um, Just be kind about it. And if you're carrying a lot of stuff, this is why I always say, you know, 
check in first before you bring everything unless you know that you're going to be able to get in very easily or take your ID out while you're carrying your luggage so where you can go in and not have to have a rough time. Right. Um, so just keep that in mind. And then also uh, when you come into the dressing room, be welcoming of everyone yes. that's around you. Like that kindness will really, really showcase through. Um, some of the things that I've loved as you say, we're going to talk about some of the things that we liked about some new entertainers. Uh-huh. One thing I liked is when a new t- entertainers like ask for help and they yes. just don't think that they know everything. Like they're like, Oh, um, how do I do this? Or where do I go for that? Or what, how does a drink ticket situation work out or blah, 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 blah. Somebody who's humble and asking questions will always be more favored than someone else. Exactly. And that was the approach that I personally took because I'm only coming up on really my first year being out here guys. So I still am, am learning a lot of these things, but um, part of what has allowed me to be um, gain the success that I've had, which is still nominal, but enough for me to want to help people who are wanting to really get into it. Um, you need to really be humble, be respectful, but be professional because I mean, it's fun, but ultimately if you're doing drag, some people, this is their job. This is what they do for their daily bread, their income, their bread and butter. So if you're coming in here and you're making it difficult for them to do their job, they don't, they're not going to want really anything to do with that. And if you're in here treating it like a job in a professional environment and wanting to get better, you're going to have people hand over foot wanting to help you out. That's how I met Shandy Evans. And Shandy's one of the oldest friends I have within this scene. And she's still to this day um, doing that sort of thing. She's helping people and she's, encouraging and it's really a great thing to see yeah i also saw that um when people do your history or your history on some of the other entertainers that are in the show because when you're in your show chats and i guess we haven't talked about the show chat thing so i guess i'll do that now before i say my advice when you're in a show chat don't send memes don't send gifts don't like anything (laughs) that is my biggest advice to you especially if the show chat has more than six people in it people don't want their phone blowing up but just because you think something is funny Um, Also, don't say every thought that's in your head. That's a big no-no. Like, the only person talking in a show chat should be the show producer. And then usually you post the songs that you're doing, so there's no repeats. But that's pretty much it. Um, The only other time that you really should, which is optional, is after you send in your music to the show producer. Um, Usually in the show chat, you say, I sent my music in, because that will let the show producer know that they should be on the lookout for it. Because then they can say, oh, yes, I got it. Um, And that's pretty much it. If you're posting anything else in a show chat, it's just, no. (laughs) And like, unless there's just a piece of critical information missing. So say you are new and you don't know where to park or how to get to the dressing room, make sure it's all in one bubble, not like multiple bubbles. And Facebook is how most drag artists do a lot of their business. Uh You need to have a Facebook account, um, at least just for the messenger. And then so if you don't get the information you need, just in one bubble, say, hey, I'd just like to know, um, just since, because I did read, always say that you read, I did read it, but I wanted to know where are we supposed to park at and uh, what's the dressing room situation like and who can I check in with when I get to the room. And if something is missing, like call time, that's fine to ask, um, hey, what is the call time? I didn't see that it was listed above. Exactly, and that's the key thing you got to say that a lot of people don't do um, is I read the details and I just didn't see anything regarding that because oftentimes if it's a professional show and say you actually are getting booked with a type of a fee up front, they tell you all these specifics in a larger burst message before anything is actually, you know, discussed further. 
Um, so if you're the person who isn't reading um, these details of the show and you come in, you're like, oh, I'm wondering, and you just immediately pop your question, will happen a lot. And for me, I one of my first gigs I did this and I never did it afterwards, is someone literally took a screenshot of the portion and said, read above next time. And I was like, wow, that's really true. And I haven't, I've never made the mistake since, but it's a easy way to cut down on wasting time with the producers as well as, um, you know, saving a little bit of face and showing a little bit more initiative on your part. Yeah. Cause the clutter of a show chat is just obnoxious. Um, yeah. like if there is more than like, if you have eight people in the show and there's more than 25 bubbles in that show chat, that's too much. So I try to do um, what I call house cleaning items um, at the beginning of a show chat. So the first thing I do is obviously just write show chat for the day. So obviously I can start editing the nicknames and editing all this other stuff. Like also make sure to change your nickname in the show chat. If you're on Facebook, change it to being your actual drag name and how you want it spelled. That's a good Uh indicator to the show producer that they will spell it right on the programs or say it right when you're performing. Um, So there's that. And then of course, um, I'll do the house cleaning items, which will usually be numbered, um, like one through 25, depending on what I need. (laughs) And then uh, right after that, I'll say, after you've read all this, just put a heart, please, or something, or just do a thumbs up or whatever. Um, And then, or usually what I do nowadays is put a picture of yourself in your Venmo. Yes. Um, Obviously, just in case there is kind of any Venmo things that we want to do. So that way, from from the get go, um, they have what they need from you. Right. Also, don't post things before they're asked for. Like most show producers who've been doing it for a while know what they're looking for. And sometimes there's an order in which things need to be done. Uh-huh. So if the show chat is created and you post a picture of yourself, um, you're going to kind of look a little foolish. Um, you should wait for what they're... Because sometimes they're like, do you have anything? Do you have any promo shots of you wearing red? I want everybody in the poster to be wearing red. So if you've already posted a picture, obviously, and it's not in red, then that will make you look a little foolish and you need to wait. And then the show producer will probably end up coming for you too, being like, um, please don't post anything in the show chat unless it's asked for. Yeah, that, that does happen a lot. There's some producers who just, they don't say anything at all. They just note in their head, okay, I'm gonna like one, two, three, straight, you're out sort of thing. Like, okay, they're posting things before they're asked. Now they're chit-chatting in the, in, in the group message. And now they're being incredibly noxious in the back room. Probably not going to work with this entertainer again. You know, it's like the one, two, three strikes you're out baseball thing. Because sports are something that we all have to endure in our trauma of straightness in our childhood. Yep. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and you also never know who you're working with. Because oftentimes show producers will also work as entertainers um, in other shows. So if you're being a difficult person, both in the chat uh, either in the dressing room or all of the above, um, people see, and especially in local scenes, people talk. They're not super spacious, like the national tours you see or like the television shows. There are a lot of probably 10 to 15 girls who work consistently, who also produce. And they will talk like, hey, this is a new person. Um, I don't, I didn't really have a good experience or they were difficult to be around. So you could really be hurting yourself if you are acting foolish 
up in it without, you know, thinking about the consequences of your actions. Yeah. So professionalism, professionalism, professionalism. And right before our last break here, I do want to mention um, if you do, if you are a person that likes to partake in the liquor, which most of drag artists do because drag is uncomfortable. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Um, make sure not to get too wasted before your last number. A couple of cocktails is fine. Sure. If you know how to hold your own, but if you get wasted before your last number, that's almost a guaranteed way not to be invited back. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Usually the amount of drink tickets they give you should be the amount of drinks you're getting. Yeah. That's a good way to gauge that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So um, we're going to go ahead and take our last break right now. Yes. Welcome back, everybody, to Cooking of a Queen. In this section of the show, we will discuss a new queen that we really appreciate and a little uh, sneak peek into our next show because... um. This is all planned out and scripted, and nothing we say is improv. <laughs> Yay. Knitting. Um, now, in this portion of the show, we're going to really highlight, uh, we'd like to highlight either a new entertainer or someone who does something to really help foster new entertainers on the scene. Um, this week, we're going to be shouting out Miss No Name Phoenix. Uh, Miss No Name, I actually met on my first night out um, and she was stunning. And she is one of the most breathtaking makeup artists I, I've seen really anywhere. She has this ability to become this most beautiful, just creature, incredibly talented. And she's one of the sweetest people you'll meet. Uh, she's so kind, so open-hearted. Um, she is part of the Phoenix family. So she is in relation to Angel Phoenix. Uh, she is Miss Inanna's drag daughter. Um, and, you know, she's really putting herself out there and growing really fast it's really amazing to see yeah she's honestly um she's very great um on stage in the sense of like how beautiful she is uh -huh. um she's also really sweet backstage and also brings like a huge crowd yeah she has a lot of friends that will come to her shows um and also fans i mean she's a new queen who actually has legitimate fans which is really great to see and encouraging but also makes me want to you know watch her die because i don't have those <laughs> <laughs> so no name i love you but i did it <laughs> um we're gonna put her social media handle out here so her username on instagram is no name the queen and that's no as in k-n-o-w then name n-a-m-e then the queen so no name the queen for miss no name phoenix yeah. So that brings us to the end of our episode. Our next week's episode is going to be Drama Mama, How to Handle a Queen Who Doesn't Like You and Vice Versa. This is yeah. my favorite subject because drag queens are all drama. <laughs> exactly. And as people who, for some reason, step on everyone's toes, me and Coco have lots to say on the topic. Yes, definitely. Cool. So is that all we have today? I think that is all we have today. You can find me on social medias at the Touche Douche. And you can find me on social media at Coco Gem Holiday. Gem is spelled J-E-M, like Gem and the Holograms. Hear that, Autumn? It's J-E-M, like Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> Never going to let you live that down. Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing on this journey with us, because it is a journey. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of Cooking Up a Queen. 
If you would like to be featured or place an ad, please email coco at thecdsdrag.com. Cooking Up a Queen is brought to you by The CD Studio. All topics discussed are opinions of the hosts and are not by any means reflected by The CD Studio or its affiliates. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Cooking Up a Queen is owned exclusively by The CD Studios. This podcast is executive produced by John Williams and Alistair Eliano. Original cover art and soundtrack provided by Alistair Eliano. Dubbed and mixed by John Williams.